Welcome to God Incidents. This is AJ Hushka, and with me, I have Dr. Rod. Good morning, Dr. Rod. Morning, AJ. Pleasure to be here. As always, it's a pleasure to speak with you. I'm excited for today because today we're going to talk about you. Oh, no. Yes, yes. So we're calling you Dr. Rod because you are our expert. You come in with a lot of knowledge. But for that listener out there, I want them to get to know you and why we call you our expert, Dr. Rod. Well, an expert I don't claim to be. Um, sort of like a someone who's familiar with a lot of things and there's certain areas yes i have a phd in intercultural studies aj it was one of the funnest times of my life doing that over a period of seven years and writing a dissertation but the real question is how we all get to this point and how i particularly got to the point of seeing god in through with things not necessarily associated with church or in that manner so going back early in life i remember spending a lot of time in nature i was given an opportunity to hunt to be outdoors to hike to camp and it always seen those moments would bring me into an awareness of awe and wonder and exploration always leaving with more questions but excited like i'd i'd touch something mysterious being out and i remember sometimes skiing on very cold days when there were hardly any, there was hardly anyone out and how beautiful it was in the frigid winter of minnesota sometimes five or ten below are you saying you find beauty in this cold weather yes, we survive? <laughs> yes in everything and i know it seems kind of nutso to people like what are you what are you doing out there enjoying this hiking around in 10 below weather? But as the Norwegians say, there's no bad weather. There's only poor clothing. I like that. <laughs> I think you could live by that, yes. So I learned to put on and to dress in layers, to dress covering your face, do all those things for winter. But more importantly, as I grew up, I kept finding that my greatest energy level came from encountering the wild. Okay. Then in college, I began reading Walt Whitman and, and Muir and uh, Sand County Almanac and these different works about people who, like Muir would say, you know, in the wild is the preservation of the world. And, and people who respected and had an awe of this. And, said, and then there was an experience that happened to me when I was, well, it was 1975. I had been in college in and out three times. I was a college dropout and in. I had written two degree programs, trying to find a niche. Couldn't ever get into that knowledge world of college where you, I just never really applied myself. I always wanted to be out hiking and doing things outdoors. And, and I was on a train from Minnesota to Idaho. And I had an encounter with, I was reading a book. It was called Genesis in Space and Time by Francis Schaeffer. And his whole thesis was that basically the first book that God wrote is nature. Oh, I love that. And that everything we see is unfolding out of the creation energy. Yeah. Even the person of Jesus Christ, whom we usually see as a church kind of preached person 
but he made Jesus seem so real to all of the fabric of life and history and creation. And I started to see that the whole idea of the mystery I felt in nature was connected, that it was marked with a personal touch, that there's a personhood communicated in and through nature in all of its forms. Yeah. And later I read where it says, and all things were created by him and for him and through him. And of course we know the he is a designation of there's the son, Jesus, you know, and yet it's not really, he doesn't, God doesn't have masculine only characteristics. We know that it's God is not male or female. Right. God is genderless. So all are approachable to God in that sense. God approaches all, nothing too small for God, nothing too big. But in that moment, on the train, encountering that, I had a Kairos moment, like an awakening. And I remember, first of all, crying deeply because I was overawed at what I was hearing in my spirit about from this book, what I was encountering about my life and how I rejected this personal idea of creation that there's it's there's a personhood in creation that's marked it's just marked all over like you look at a beautiful painting there must be a painter right you look right. at something there must it doesn't just happen randomly and so in looking at all that and by the way especially flowers because like most patterns and flowers run off this really tight beautiful whorl that's related to 137 degrees, you know. And so it's a fascinating, there's so many marks on creation that indicate it was design. There's design behind it. And so I think that that experience on the train with receiving that, like I'm gonna receive this as a gift. I'm gonna learn about who Jesus is. I'm gonna learn about this person of God behind creation instead of rejecting it and fighting it because I was fighting all kinds of authority then and college years, whatever. I was, you know, in my early 20s. But that marked my journey to the extent that when I got off the train, I was a very different person than when I got on. That is a really interesting metaphor. Like just thinking of, I got on this train and by the time I got off, I was a completely new man. Like, I didn't understand it. I, like I told people, I did not go looking for this. I was looking for this mystery. Yeah. And then discovered through this writer who actually quit his ministry in the church to speak to college dropouts. His whole ministry, Francis Schaeffer, he started these things called Labrie in Switzerland where people would go to the wild and they'd study and read and hike and they'd contemplate. And they began to find out that there's an intuitive sense in all of us this awareness, which is, I'm, I'm speaking to all my listeners now. Yeah. That you have this intuitive sense that that our culture and our educational system, the cognitive focus, the brain focus, has has caused us to, to disregard. And the whole idea that religion is stodgy, and therefore God is stodgy, you know, like it's all associated. Right. That that is false, that... There is such a freedom and liberty in encountering the mystery of the one that made us, the one that's still, whose heart beats through creation 
and in us. It's already there, but yeah. I don't think we're taught to be aware of it. That other sense, the the sixth sense, the the sense of wow, this there must be something awesome in this wood and this shady wood glade with the mushrooms growing and and the patterns here and the trees, you know, and the light coming through the trees. I and some of you have stood in a forest and been awed, I'm sure, at the the amazing beauty of life. So that and that led me to to collect insects as a child, to to always be chasing after this sort of mark in nature, the love of that. Yeah. I as you're talking about this experience, I think of the the scenario that I've heard of, of anybody who goes into the church as a priest or a preacher that they've had some form of calling from God. And I always thought, oh, that's not fair. Like, I want to have that direct communication from God where God comes to me and is like, AJ, this is a special mission for you, right? Like, hearing that voice. But the way you describe it is it was always there. It was just a matter of, of listening. And so... I think to a lot of us out there who've been raised in a sense of you can't have a direct conversation with God, a direct relationship doesn't exist, you need me to get there. You need another man to connect you to this higher power is that it's there already, but we're taught not to listen. You don't get to listen unless you're one of the chosen. Right. And just... As I studied and went on, there's certain words like the psalmist says that this word about the creator has gone out into all the world, yet there is no voice, there are no words, and yet its knowledge or presence is everywhere. And and then Paul says in the New Testament, he says that this word isn't like in heaven, you have to go looking for it or down below or someplace it's in your mouth. It's close to you. This word that's being proclaimed, which, of course, the church is supposed to be speaking about both the creator and the redeemer, you know, the whole of history from the very beginning. Often the church gets, I think, pigeonholed into this sort of a Western, like all about religion buildings. But it's really about from the very beginning of creation, this energy yeah. of God. And so when, 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 Paul says that he's he's saying you don't need to go find a priest or a pastor necessarily you need to start listening and encountering and open your eyes yeah it's all around you right I think you and I met earlier this week for lunch and and over our conversations I feel like I continue just to maybe accept my higher power experiences or accept God in life. And I think one of the ideas that we had talked about is that there's already sin and God in us. It's already there, but it's how we live it in our words or our actions that depends on how it is viewed or affected or how it affects others. And I think that's a just a really interesting concept to me because I have always felt like it's out there and you're just trying to avoid it. But if you accept the fact that it's already part of you, we're already flawed, it's just dependent on how you take that energy and how you 
put it out in the world for others defines it as maybe a sin or God's work. That's a very powerful understanding, I think, right on, spot on, because, you know, one can see if you've had too much, let's say, of the wrong kind of religion, one can see that the guilt and shame and the manipulation sort of like, you need me to really fix you, you know, is (laughs) there, right? Yeah. But when you hear the message that is really through the whole narrative of Scripture, it's not that God is out there trying to create guilt or shame. God is seeking to remove it. And what really struck me for that is the very first question in the garden. So the story, the narrative is God created human beings, male and female, in God's image, both equally God's image, in Dei, placed them in a garden, right? They went after the one thing that they were, this is one boundary there, like don't do this one thing. Right. All right. And it's a form of idolatry, but that's a bigger question. But, but really what I want to get at is, when they do go outside the boundary and they, they try to taste this forbidden fruit, whatever it was, don't know if it, what, what kind of fruit it was, it's a metaphor. God, the first thing God says when they're hiding and they're, they're in shame, because shame is then real to them. God doesn't point fingers. He, the first thing God does is ask a question. He goes, where are you? Now, if God is God, he's not some dummy like oh i can't we're playing hide and seek i can't see you you know like <laughs> right yeah. i mean just, where are you and so he, he evokes the question within human beings to look at themselves and ask that question yes where am i why am i hiding from something that is ultimately good that is god that wants to love me that wants to be my ultimate lover and there's many scripture verses song of solomon etc that Bring this out, how God is truly like an ultimate lover, seeking us, hunting us, wanting to have a relationship. And we have this skewered idea of God, that God is like a mean parent, or right. God has got a stick, and God has got a finger pointed, because we've felt that. And we know from human nature studies that the, the quickest way to manipulate people is through guilt and fear. Yeah, it's and a if, control. Exactly. Yes. But that doesn't mean that God is like that. It simply means that this is what we project onto God. Right. And and so this is the liberating thing about understanding both the character of God and how we name God, how we see God. I went on that train seeing God as a kind of like you, as like a, a religious, get in place, get in line, don't do anything bad, I'm watching you. You better not do this because, you know, I'm watching you kind of right. like I'll get you <laughs> and, and you better not have any fun for sure. You know, like don't run in church. Don't laugh out loud in church. Don't because there are these little weird rules that come up, you know. And so when I'm when I'm thinking about that and I realize that I got on that train and I, I got off the train thinking God is not like anything that my mind had formed about this God. Yeah. God is liberating, God is wild, God is free, like reading C.S. Lewis. He says, Aslan is not a tame, caged lion. He's at large, you know? <laughs> and, and you see him at large in nature. See, that's what I'm getting at. You, you can touch the hem of God's, God's clothing in nature. You don't get to see it all, but you sense the glory in the opening of a flower and in discovering something, you know? 
And that's the part I think we're getting at, right? Yeah. That's there for us. Let's not be spoiling it by projecting onto God's person things that have nothing to do with God's real character of love, energy, creativity, the God of artists, the God of beauty. Right. Beautiful skies in the morning. Right. We need to be freed from that. And what sin does is it warps us. It's a warping thing. We see wrongly. It's not like we're totally evil or something. We've got so many good things we want to do. But sin tricks us and gets us to warp the good things and turn them out, turn them into bad things. Yeah. I think we see that a lot in just human interaction where on daily interactions, I tend to see that people have the intent or have an action that leads to a certain outcome and they get stuck in that this action's always led to this outcome. Well, when that doesn't happen anymore, you're not getting the outcome you want, you're still stuck in this action. And so you do it over and over and it causes frustration with whoever that action is with. Like, why isn't this producing the outcome I always had it produce? But I'm not going to change me. I'm looking at you and being like, hey, you need to change. Like, I've always done this, and this is the reaction I've gotten. Mm. Well, within something between that relationship changes, and I continue to do the same thing, expecting the same result. And if that doesn't happen, a lot of times I don't reflect on myself and say, okay, what do I do differently? How do I approach this differently to get the result that I want? We get stuck in that, this is the same thing I've always done. How come it's not working? I need to force this to work. And that brings up to me the idea that's so strong, and as a grandpa that I've loved to discover, is to watch my grandkids find this same same joy. I get pretty emotional about this. I love it. Find this same joy that I saw in creation when I take them out and say, look at that, and isn't that amazing? And they go, wow, yeah. And I think of Jesus' words when he spoke to the religious leaders who were well-learned and supposedly knew scripture. He said to them, well, actually, he said it in a prayer. He broke into this prayer in front of these religious leaders, and he said, I thank you, Father, referring to Father God, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to babes. For such was your plan. Yeah. Now, all of us agree that becoming like a child, not childish, but childlike. Right. And sometimes a little childish, but (laughs) is good, right? It's healthy. And it's a whole part of the psychology of becoming whole, like discovering your child in this thing, the artist's way I'm doing, you know, you're. The inner child. Right. What's the creative wonder that you lost that was subjugated to guilt, law, have tos, you know, do this. That is where God wants us today, is to wake up, go, whoa, 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 wait, not all those thoughts that your mind wants to give you. Become as a child. What do children do? They want to discover. They're not all full of fear yet. Right. 
right? Right. They're not all full of don't touch, don't do this. That's bad. That's no, icky. They want to touch. A spider's they icky. A snake is bad. Yeah. My grandchildren will pick up. Clay will pick up a snake. Freak out these adults around. He'll just there's a snake grab. He'll go grab it. You know. Of course, in Minnesota, you can do that. Like, right. You know, I don't want to do that everywhere. Or other bugs. He'll come with these bugs. Grandpa, look, I caught this ant or this spider. Right. And I don't say, yeah, spider, watch out. No, because these things are all part of the mystery and wonder of creation. Yeah. They're not icky. They're not bad. They may be different, like some people. Right. Right? Yeah. But when you're a child, you don't immediately place those categories. And in our society today, I think... You can see that we're, it's rampant with this idea of placing people into categories to label them and stick them somewhere based on whatever you want to start, you know, political affiliation or religious affiliation or some other thing. Can be ethnicity, can be what they eat, the way they talk. Right. But all these things take us away from the, the wonder and beauty of discovering, as you were saying, it's not about you changing, the other person changing. I mean, you know, it's not about them changing. It's about us changing. becoming yeah. like a child mm -hmm. so that we receive people in that manner. And then our whole view of them changes, just like when we have false expectations of God and we, we place these things on God that are really our own fears and frustrations put there by some teachers, parents, sometimes pastors, priests, you know, religious things. God wants to open those up. Right. Like a flower. Like, open us up. Yeah. He just wants you close down and... Right. Afraid of all of life. Explore it. Enjoy it. And then, as we've said, it creates community. It creates a sense of oneness. Because where God is, there is a wondrous sense of togetherness, of includedness. Yeah. And that's where the God incidence thing comes in. Our life can be full of things we think are coincidences. But if we see them and note them and follow them, we end up doing things that we wouldn't have done, like our podcast, right? Right, right. <laughs> exactly. So can I share with you my God incidents of this week? I've been waiting, okay. and I know you made me tell my story. <laughs> We've got some time, so please. So you and I met for lunch this week. Mm. And after lunch, I get back to the office, and I have a customer who immediately comes into my office. And him and I have uh, met a couple of times and spoken, and I just enjoy this gentleman so much because he reminds me of uh, my grandpa who had passed away not that long ago and he just is oh my gosh he's so cute <laughs> but same like similar age as my grandpa similar look to him and he has these ideas and like just this mannerism about him where he's so in tune to the environment around him he makes it just comfortable for everybody so he can tap into that and he can tell a joke or say something that's just going to get everybody at ease. Mm. So I'm helping him with something and he's chatting with me and telling me stories and I'm just enjoying 
this connection that he's he's giving me this gift of something that makes me remember my grandpa and he starts to tell me about his wife who had passed away a few years ago um, and she had passed away from cancer which similarly parallels with my grandpa's experience and I can tell that he is struggling and he tells me about how she was his world she Mm. managed their finances she took care of the household she took care of the kids and he's like she was amazing all I did was you know go to work and come home and she took care of me and now she's gone and he's learning how to do these things for himself right right. but he starts to share with me her last couple days on earth and of course he gets emotional so I'm getting emotional and I reach out and I grab his hand and he just looks at me as he's telling me about how his wife died and he goes and that's how I know there's a higher power Mm. Hmm. and I'm looking at his his eyes I'm like is this a direct message from God because I just got done talking to you and we are talking about how we want to tell people stories like this of how you know there's a higher power and he just laid it all out there for me and it was beautiful and I'm like oh my gosh you like I just felt so connected with him in that moment that is so beautiful wow I think that Again, Carl Jung's word synchronicity comes in here. That idea of things happening together in time right after our conversation, right after talking about the podcast and what we're going to do. That these things for us couldn't be ordered, but that doesn't mean they can't be ordered. Because if God is so wondrous and great and beyond us, God can order things in ways that we can't understand, but we can't experience like Jesus said you don't know where like the wind starts and how it actually you know creates starts its energy flow but you can see the effects of it right right so these coincidences which we're calling God incidences are part of the effects seeing the work of God bringing us together wanting you to be affirmed in what you're doing and bring the experiences together with this gentleman this older guy and and then being able to meet him there where he was at what a beautiful story yeah and when god's in it then there's a sense right of unity and celebration like yeah this isn't just happenstance this is a god incident right and it just makes life so much more meaningful and i i just think about that day with him and it will i mean it'll stick with me for forever Mm. but i i keep thinking of if you just get stuck in that motion where you're just going through a day to work where I could have easily blown off that conversation and been like, I got to get to work. I don't have, not Hmm. that I would ever do that, but I feel like we get stuck in that motion of not ever allowing ourselves to get to that point. Like having a space where someone felt comfortable enough to share Mm -hmm. that kind of story in an environment you maybe wouldn't typically go in and share that kind of information um, felt like a gift to me, but also made me realize I need to stay open for these experiences because when they happen, they're, they're beautiful and they're meaningful. You know what? I, I'm thinking of Wendell Berry, how he says that 
what's happened in modern agriculture and much of our lives, the modern home, is that we've separated our private beings from our work. Yeah. See, like who we are is separated from what we do. Now, Barry says that's the result of industrialization, of relying on machines, and machines are not humans, therefore we work at a machine's pace and we, we start acting like machines. But he says our salvation really as a culture is to come back to seeing our workplace as personal. You know, our beings being in our workplace, like you did, sharing something at the time that person needed it, a yeah. connection, right? And the same with our, our work in other areas. So I find this to be a great, maybe a segue or, or something to look forward to exploring, is how do we bring back our personal being into our work to market with who we are? Not, yeah. not just objects working for something that's not us. Listeners, I hope you heard that because Dr. Rod just challenged you to this week, put your personal touch into your work mm. and see where you connect. And I love that that's a place I think we can end for today and challenge our listeners. And we hope that you have a God incidence this week and that something connects with you more than maybe just the, the work grind that we go to every, every day. I love it. Thank you, Dr. Rod, for sharing your story. As always, it's been a pleasure talking with you. And I hope you guys enjoy your week. May God bless you. And I hope you have a God incidence. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Don't skip past the moments of your life. If you have a story to share, please email us at godincidents.podcast at gmail.com. That's G-O-D-I-N-C-I-D-E-N-C-E dot podcast at gmail.com. Thanks.